You are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it. Hello, everybody. This is Bill and Marty running Good a duo morning. combination today. Uh, Mr. Gaz is out playing army in some field somewhere in the UK. I'm going to go with the UK. I'm assuming we wish you the. That's right. We wish you the best of luck, sir. Me, you win all your fake wars. Right, and uh, he did send me a picture this morning of his breakfast, and it made me want oh. a good old fry up so much more. Um, uh, yeah. I was going to say, is it just a bucket of beans? Because the Brits seem to love their beans for breakfast. Well, it did have beans, and it had a sausage, and it had eggs. You know, the the, the typical English breakfast. Oh, okay. Breakfast. Th- um, that was legit. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, made me want a good fry up even more. So. Yeah. Uh, Jim is broadcasting as we speak over on our channel, uh, doing a little Arab-Israeli wars, uh, Suez Canal type thing. Um, So he's got a a live game, live stream going on um, as we record this. Uh, The question is, will there there be a large container ship jammed (laughs) sideways in the Suez Canal? Why didn't I think of that? Man, that would have been an amazing feat, huh? That would really right? screw up some stuff. Um, you know, that's actually a smart move. If you, you know, if there was another conflict in that area, you just take a couple ships, sink them in the canal, you know, at both yeah, ends, I mean, so you can't get supplies through, and they would have to right? either they, go around or fly them in or some other, you know, you know what I'm saying? It could really screw up that area. So, right. Well, they were saying that when the, you know that boat was stuck in there, that it uh, held up ten percent of the world economy. Right. That, I mean, th- think about what a terrorist could do. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Wimmer is uh, not with us today. He's doing some family-related things. Um, so yeah, he had a family obligation that he had to uphold uh, today. Exactly. So uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to put up with my this this. I'm still recovering from last night, uh, from Marty and myself. I watched I watched the video again this morning just to critique, and our audio is terrible. Uh, we definitely got to work on that. But once we get the camera, the other main camera working again, uh, I can hook in a mic. So we'll do a, a, a shotgun mic. But, you know, we were recording audio off the microphone in the PC. So that's why, for some reason, that other camera we were using last night would not pick up audio. So that was kind of weird. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so um, I was looking at the video and I, I kept laughing. I kept replaying your your moment in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> we we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it was kind of a self fulfilling prophecy because yeah. we, we had talked about it before <laughs> the show. So for those of you for, who did not uh, see the video yet or did not join us last night, Marty fell off the the uh, platform. So it wasn't as bad it, as it could have been, but it was still funny. No, it was it was funny. I I do have quite the look on my face. I'm like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> All right. So uh, last night, I'm just gonna catch everybody up. Last night we did a live stream. Uh, we called it our Saturday Night Live hobby with the sit rep team and Marty and myself. Um, we're sitting there, and it was a very casual, laid back type thing. And we we kind of put some paint on some minis. Um, yeah. 
a few of them. You know, it wasn't our finest effort, but, you know, we did technically put paint on minis. Uh, We had a few beverages, and, you know, we (laughs) talked all kinds of stuff, and we had great conversations going on in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bunch of people in the chat, and they were talking uh, smack and comparing notes on games and uh, (laughs) dropping a bunch of dad jokes at the end. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it was a good time. So uh, I will look forward to us doing that again um, sometime in May. I think we'll do it about once a month. Um, I don't want to get any crazier than that. You know, people have lives. We have lives. So maybe we shoot for about once a month. We'll see how it goes. But it, it, it yeah. was very well attended. So um, thank you. And a good time was had by us. all. Yeah. Thank you if, uh, if you were hanging out with us last night. So we appreciate that. All yeah, right. it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. So let's transition into the show today. So it's just, again, Marty and I. So um, Marty is picking up the slack on the news. And I have some topics to talk about. But uh, first of all, Marty, why don't you catch us up? What have you been doing in the uh, wargaming world these days? So realistically, I have not done any hobbying. I've had a pinched nerve in my neck for the last couple of weeks. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not been conducive to hobbying. So I, I haven't done any, really. I'm not going to lie. Gotcha. You know, I did, uh, you know, so our uh compatriot uh ralph who uh used to be regular on the show however did hit me on the up on the side and uh he sent me a uh, a link to a westerns rule set and wow if i had it right here in front of me that would be great <laughs> uh <laughs> hold on a second it's called uh uh ruthless the uh, fastest rules in the west yeah i'm like oh that seems interesting so it's by uh uh, fireball forward. So, yeah, they, at, um, we look, mentioned that last night on the live stream as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, it's, uh, rogues and cattle rustlers and scoundrels of all types. Interesting. Well, that looks interesting. And, you know, I, I do have a bunch of Western minis painted up and, you know, some buildings and whatnot. So throw that into the mix. Yeah. There you go. There, and it's uh, and it, and it's uh, not just a scenario, but it's an actual uh, uh, campaign-based game. So, got that going for you if you're into the campaigning. Nice. Yeah. Well, what have I been doing hobby-wise? Well, obviously, still working on. Uh, you well, know, you built the world's tallest hobby the table. World's tallest hobby page <laughs> table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's that. That I fell off of last night. That you fell off of last night, but yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. I thought I was going for a, a, a taller height than a standard table, you know, for hobbying. Well. You I, achieved it. I did. <laughs> Way too good. So, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you know, I got that and just cleaning up a work area downstairs in my uh, third bay in my garage for printing and uh, the hobbying. So what you saw last night is pretty much where all live streams and stuff uh, recordings will happen and my end here at my my house. So to get out of the hobby room quite a bit, um, it just frees up some extra space. So and keeps things better organized, I hope. So, yeah. 
I mean, it's going to be a quiet day for uh, catch-up since it's just the two of us. Um, yep. So you said you had some news. Do you uh, want to go so into I'd, the news? I'd, I would be glad to go into right. the news, sir. Hold on. Oh, wait. I get I get a thing? It's news time with Gaz. I gotta, I gotta Give me the latest oh, and greatest yeah. news. Oh, boy. Oh, Not boy. It's yet. news time with Gaz. Come on, give it to me. Give me the news. I, I, I feel honored that I get Gaz's uh, intro. Gaz probably doesn't because he's saying that we played it. <laughs> oh, dear. It is what it is. That's right. All right. All right. So, uh, so from uh, – and, and forgive me if I don't pronounce this correctly uh, – Antelonica Miniatures, yep. I believe it's called. Yep. All right, so th- so they've got a Kickstarter going uh, called Bobby's Baddies and Bootnecks. I don't know what a bootneck is, but uh, they've got a real a bunch of really cool uh, miniatures uh, in this. They're 28 millimeter. It's uh, an expansion of their their blue light miniature range, and uh, they currently have uh, 21 uh, unique police figures nine civilians uh in their range and they are expanding that mm-hmm. uh they uh and the kickstarter's funded so that's that's a good deal there's still 12 days to go so if that sounds like something that you would be interested in uh by all means uh you can still jump into it you know but uh they have introduced an eight person french armed police unit standard loadout uh stuff so those are pretty cool looking. Uh, they have a shield team included with it. They have the uh, French elite anti-gang counter task force uh, forces. Gotta love that. They've got an eight-person pil- per- private military contractor uh, team. So you can use those as uh, PMCs. You can use them as uh, you know modern-day high-tech criminals. So pretty cool there uh let's see what else we got here uh an eight-person armed civilian group so it's kind of a mishmash of stuff uh but they are uh, armed versions of their current civilian range Mm -hmm. so that could kind of be cool you know you could uh, have the civilians laid out on the table something changes and then bam they're armed and now they're after you so you gotta like that uh, they also have a four-man team of the Israeli Yamam, their counter-terrorist border police. They're all decked out in tactical gear, look really nice, got good detail on those dudes. I'm trying to see, I think that is it for, yeah, there we go. And then, uh, you know, depending on the uh, the progress, uh, you know, how well they do, they are going to introduce uh, some additional free figures that they don't uh, detail out, but... You know, yeah, uh, you gotta gotta like what they've got so far. So yeah. good looking stuff. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, if that if that's your if that's your uh, your jam, head on over there and uh, check them out. Uh, let's see, their Kickstarter levels uh, they start at. Let's see here. Uh, they start at five pounds or about seven bucks U.S. And that's for a uh, single Kickstarter exclusive miniature of your choice. And then uh, they go up from there to like the whole task force and then 
you know, you can get the the giant sets here. And th- those are running probably, let's see here, uh, 64 pounds. So they say that's about 89 bucks. And that gives you a sniper and the civilian uh, exclusive Kickstarter figure, eight arm civilians, eight French BRI guys, mm-hmm. eight PMC, the four Israelis, and uh, <laughs> guns, 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 they say. A set of seven twenty eight millimeter metal model guns for conversion. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's some larger ones from there going on up to two, three, two and three hundred pound uh, sets. So if you want to go all in, it's 300 pounds, about 400 bucks uh, American. Yep. Excellent. What else do you have for us? Yeah, that's some cool. Well, to go from the modern to uh, uh, the ancient, if you will, uh, there is a uh, Kickstarter that's starting. It hasn't started yet. It starts on April 20th from Mm -hmm. uh, Peculiar Companion, and uh, that is uh, regarding the Holy Roman Empire and its 28-millimeter scaled uh, 3D printable rank-and-file imperial army, and they've got uh, over 60 models in here. Uh, they haven't, uh, like I said, they haven't uh, actually released uh, the Kickstarter yet or started it, so I can't tell you what the levels are. Uh-huh. Uh, but what I can tell you is that they've got some pretty cool dudes. They've got a mounted commander. They've got a command group on foot. You know, dude with a giant sword, a drummer, and a flag bearer there. We've got some uh, crossbowmen, some arquebusiers, a bunch of great swords, uh, some light medium infantry. They've got five heavy cavalry. Those are cool. They've got they're all armored up. The horses are armored. They've all got. Uh, uh, jousting lances with them. Uh, they've got a little artillery crew. Uh, they've got some flagellants, some demi lancers, so you know more of a, a light cav, if you will. Some curiosers, again, uh, light cav. Uh, basically, those dudes are all carrying crossbows. Uh, they've got some raters, raters. I don't know how to say that with carbine that's mounted. Mm. And then they've got uh, some with pistols that are mounted. So pretty cool looking figures. If that's uh, that's in the era that you play, check it out. It will be coming out on Kickstarter on April 20th. Very nice. Yeah. And then uh, moving over to our good friend uh, Forrest over at uh, Knuckle Doctor uh, Miniatures. Uh, recent release uh, that... Uh, he has is uh, called the Avenging Angels Faction. So uh, those are six dudes that you could use to form uh, your new posse. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got uh, Liver Eaton Johnson and Deidre, a Buzzard Cohorn and Johnny Welsh, <laughs> Danny and Evan. Uh, the names he comes up with are awesome. But they're all very uh, uh, dynamic figures. You know, so you've got some action poses there. You've got some dudes ready to draw. Uh, you've got a female, Deidre is a female figure, you know, so you've got uh, uh, a lady in the mix and she's in a really dynamic pose, like, like she's walking forward. She's got her pistol out. She's ready to do action there. So that looks like a cool set. And along with it is uh, some uh, horse casualties. So, you know, 
I mean, uh, the, uh, the unfortunate circumstances, you know, war is hell. Yeah. Uh, these are some, uh, some horse down markers, if you will. Uh, but they are, uh, finally kitted out. They've got full saddles and bags and, uh, all the, uh, accoutrements that go with, uh, having a, a horse, uh, in the old West there. So those are pretty cool miniatures. If uh, you're playing Westerns, check it out. Very cool. And then, and next up, uh, we have, uh, Battlefront. They released, uh, some new German stuff there. So if you're playing, uh, Flames of War, they've got, uh, some, uh, some new Tank Hunter Platoon stuff. So they've got, uh, five vehicles in their Hetzer Tank Hunter Platoon. Those are all pretty cool looking. They've got, uh, uh, some of them actually, I think those are actually artillery. Two of them look like they're artillery. The other ones look like, I don't know, like an E-10 kind of kind of deal. Uh, I'm not smart enough to tell you all this stuff because I don't uh, uh, live and breathe World War II. <laughs> uh, they also have uh, what they call a Horn- Hornacy uh, Tank Hunter Platoon, two vehicles in there. And that's built on the hull of a Panzer IV. But... Uh, uh, it's uh, got kind of the tub on top, and you can. Uh, there's either a uh, a gun in there, or they were also used for uh, anti aircraft defense. Then there's the elephant tank hunter platoon. That's two vehicles. Uh, it's a as it says, it's a big and burly, as its name would suggest. Uh, Twenty millimeter front armor, eighty millimeter side armor, thirty millimeter on top. So it's a, a tough vehicle. Yeah, but I don't think it was ever really used in the war. I think it, it never really no. functioned properly. Yeah, it was. Yes, and it's a very uh, it's a weight war uh, vehicle. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, uh, finally they uh, they also have a uh, uh, a unit. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Escort platoon. There we go. So the the escort uh, platoon uh, these are these are miniatures actual little dudes mm-hmm. that uh, you've got one uh, unit leader who's got a uh, an SG forty four assault rifle yeah uh, and then and then you've got uh, six uh, assault rifle teams again SG forty four armed so. They can ride along and uh, escort the those big assault guns into battle, uh-huh. uh, or you can uh, fight them on your on their own. But they're uh, they're nice looking figures. Gotta give them that. They they look pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Good. And then uh, the last little bit I have is uh, Sarissa Precision going back into into ancients again, if you will. Uh, they've uh, released uh, some terrain uh, specific uh, to building Celtic villages and uh, protected forts. For and a with that, you get or something. Could be, yeah. could be, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's the whole setup. I mean, you can you can get the whole whole shooting match through these guys: earthen banks, palisade walls, gates. Uh, there's some roundhouses. So. Uh, it looks uh, looks pretty uh, pretty neat, and then of course because it's uh, Sarissa, if you want to expand the size of your village, uh-huh. you just buy more wall sections. <laughs> you know, so you can uh, make it uh, as large as you want. Nice, 
Very nice. Yeah, so, you know, a little fortified palisade action going on there. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So but I that's, got one. Uh, I that's got, what I, got I have for the news. Uh, yeah, what you got? Plastic Soldier Company. Or no, not Plastic Soldier. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Rubicon Models. Uh, we're going to take you to the uh, Deltas of Vietnam because they're creating a miniature. And as soon as I saw it, it made me think of this soundbite. Never get out of the boat. Absolutely goddamn right. Unless you were going all the way. Yes, the PBR 31s are coming out from Rubicon models. <laughs> it's a tiger, man. It's, it's a tiger. tiger. Never uh, get out of the boat. <laughs> it looks really good. Um, I mean, really good. Um, I'm telling you, Rubicon Models is that is that company that they're um, killing it. They are. I mean, they 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 put out a British Staghound armored car. I'm assuming. I don't know if that's World War II or later. I'm not really up on British armored vehicles and stuff, but yeah, they they're putting out the PBR 31, and um, it is awesome looking. So we were talking last night about um, you know uh, war gaming in Vietnam. So yep. um, to see the patrol boat out there, and it looks like you can do it in a couple different modified versions. Uh, you know, with a canvas cover or not have the canvas cover on it, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a little bit of modification you can do to it, um, you know, so definitely looking really good. Uh, Plastic Soldier Company's putting out some Russian gas trucks. I think we may have talked about that previously. I'm not sure. And then, you know, uh, Spectre Miniatures has that new Insurgent PMCs. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and Mercenaries, and yeah. Mercs. Yeah, so... Uh, they're really killing it. You know, and the surprising thing, Marty, is I just went on to the uh, Spectrum um, website, and they still have availability. Usually when they do a new release, it's gone, and it's sold out, you know. Um, but You know. I think the, they worked on yes, the supply and, issues, yeah? It, yeah, they have really, really uh, worked hard to uh, increase their production capability and, you know, be able to get stuff out in a timely fashion and, you know, I know that folks uh, in the past have been, you know, kind of complaining about, you know, I ordered this and I didn't get it in a timely fashion. Pick your time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, they've been really uh, have stepped up. And, you know, once they came out of their, their coronavirus lockdown, they've been hitting it hard. So, you know, kudos to them because, you know, I love their stuff and they've just really been uh, doing the best they can to. Uh, keep stuff in stock, get it out in a timely fashion, and uh, be able to answer the the call when people say, "Hey, I, I want this stuff," right. and they're and they're adding to their line while doing that. Exactly. Yeah, they're doing some awesome stuff. So, uh, yeah, keep on churning. I'm a fan. Keep on yep. churning. Yep. Keep doing that. Full show. Full and then for sure. Do they have a a U.S. distributor now? I feel like I heard that. I think so. And, I, I don't and think I'm drawing a blank. Having any problems getting supplies over here? But I could be wrong on that one. I I want to say that they. All right, now now I got to go look it up. Uh, I want to say that they had 
established a relationship with somebody. Maybe I'm may maybe I'm just off. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't be the first time, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> why start now? Why, yep, exactly. So, yeah. all right. So, moving on. So, yes. this night's conversation made me uh, start thinking about a few different things. Uh, the first thing I want to Here talk about. Here we go. <laughs> the first thing I want to talk <laughs> about is people's preference in paints. Because um, there's different, you know, obviously different brands of paints out there. What do you prefer to paint with? Uh, is it one of the common paints designed for wargaming or do you use just off the shelf generic hobby paints um, because I've seen oils, pastels you know stuff not really quote unquote designed for wargaming but used um, you know just artist type supplies uh, yeah it turns out we're a resourceful bunch and if you <laughs> find something that works or you like yeah. so I mean I currently on my paint table have let's see I have army painter I have Vallejos I have scale 75s I've got some P3 um, I've got turbo dorks I've got standard you know craft paints from Walmart um, I'm trying to think what else I have up there. I got some reaper paints um, and I'm just kind of curious. The only ones I don't really oh, and I've got GW paints. Obviously, I got Citadels. Um, right. I don't have is the Foundries uh, War Game Foundry out in, in UK. Um, does anybody have a preference of one paint over the other? And the reason I asked that is because you know, as I use some of these paints, I feel some are better than others. This is now. This is my personal opinion. This is not the official stance. Of the podcast. This is my personal opinion. Um, I bought the complete Wargamer set of Army Painters uh, paint sets. You know, the big ass box that comes out the mega set, yeah, whatever the it was. Giant one. Yeah. And I have come to the, because I like, I got to have the whole set, you know. You, and there are some paints I have never cracked open. Um, granted, I haven't been really painting as much as I want to, you know, and I'd probably, and, and the things that I am painting are more military, you know, modern day. So there isn't a lot of bright colors, obviously, and that kind of stuff in it. Uh, but there right, are some right. paints where I would like, I'm never going to use this paint or I got to do some like fantasy or something where I can use it. You know, um, I'm going to be honest with you as much as I like the army painter, I'm still a fan of Vallejo's. I like Vallejo paints better. I think they mix better um, because last night I was shaking up uh, the two blues we were using. I mean, and their colors are nice. Yep. Don't get me wrong. Their colors are nice. Um, but I was still getting a lot of the base, uh, you know, the, um, what do they call it? The medium. The medium. Thank you. Uh, was not mixing. And I have a ball bearing in there, you know, and it, it, it really took a, a lot to get it to mix. And I don't normally find that as an issue with the Vallejo paints. Um, they seem to mix better. Now, I think the pigmentation of the Army Painter may be a little higher, um, but I, I do like the Vallejos a little bit better. I think my choice of go-to paints would be Vallejo. Uh, the, the Citadel paints, I, I like the contrast paints. I think they have a a good use. A, there's a purpose for those. I think, you know, especially if you're, 
if we could find the right tones, we could do the uh, ACW, the epic battles in contrast, and I think that would work much better than, you know, like we're using Army Painter, you know, and thinning yep. it out really well to, you know, get the coverage. I think the contrast paints would work better, personally. Well, um, you know, it's not like we don't have 2,700 more of them we right? could test it on. <laughs> and we probably will at some point. <laughs> uh, but I'm just wondering if people out there who are listening – if they have a preference in uh, their paint, is it based upon word of mouth, uh, practical use, availability? What right. makes them choose their paint? Um, you know, I think we're pretty fortunate. We're in the area we live in. We have access to just about everything. And it, honestly, yeah. And honestly, with the internet now, you can get just about anything. You know, that you're not really limited to just what you can find locally. Um, so, sure. I don't, I, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm no, uh, uh, crystal brush golden demon painter by any means. I think I can paint to an okay, uh, tabletop standard. And, and I enjoy, uh, you know, trying to push it a little bit and improve my painting skills, uh, you know, on, on some projects, but, uh, the majority of my collection, uh, is, uh, almost evenly split between, uh, Vallejo and, uh, army painter, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and again, that leans towards the, uh, uh, what was available at the time, uh, when I was trying to make a retail sale right. as well as, uh, what color, because I hadn't bought any of the big sets. Uh, I've bought a couple of uh, the Vallejo sets that are specific to like rust and weathering and uh -huh. uh, that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I love that it, it works great. I mean, <laughs> who knew? You just put it on in the order they tell you to, and it looks like <laughs> they said it was going to look like. Right. And, and you if know, you think so, those uh, are awesome, you got to look at the uh, uh, MIG paints, the weathering MIG paints. Yeah. Those yeah, I have, awesome. I have not gotten into those. I have not gotten into uh, the weathering powders yet, yeah. although I've seen them and they look really cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I've not yet uh, made that leap. You know, and then like you, I also I have a fairly bar, uh, fairly large variety. By that, I would say maybe a dozen craft paints, you uh -huh. know, the 79 cent uh, apple barrel, yeah. you know, American folk. Uh, paint, because I use them on terrain. I'm not using my good stuff. On, yeah, they, it was uh, excellent for terrain. Yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I and I don't buy the little tiny bottle. I get the the larger bottle. Yeah, again, terrain. You know, and uh, you know that's that's worked well for me there. And every now and then, if there's a certain effect I'm trying to go for, I might use uh, one of my good paints. But the majority of it is is all craft paint, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I don't use it on I don't use it on my miniatures. Yeah. Oh, I also I also have uh, uh I have a small selection of of Turbo Dork. Uh -huh. I kind of just keep cherry picking colors as like I think I need it for a project because uh, they've got some awesome colors. <laughs> yeah. So. I can't use that for uh, like my modern miniatures so much, but mm -hmm. uh, I've got a I've got a couple of new units for my dust guys that have been turbo dorked. 
Yeah. Just because I could do it. <laughs> it is definitely one of those things that, um, you know, Turbo Dork, let's, you know, and there's a pretty robust Facebook group out there for tuber, Turbo Dorks. Yep. And to be honest, in, in my kind of painting, I have very limited usage of them. There are very specialized paints. Now, there are people out there who are taking a lot of sci-fi stuff and some fantasy yep. stuff, and they're using the hell out of them, which is cool. I mean, you know, they are nice paints. Um, yeah, it really lends itself to that type of uh, painting, yeah. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that kind of limited, you know, in my, in my palette, so. Um, yeah, well... And and I think you and I are kind of the same on uh, like when we're if we're painting uh, modern miniatures or painting actual figures of guys, you, we go for a like a realistic camouflage pattern. Yeah, and, where we actually you know, get lost we, on the table. <laughs> it, right. Yeah. Our last game. Yeah. Uh, Dan didn't know I had two dudes out there <laughs> because because they were in cover. Right. It turns out the camouflage worked. It you does. know. But uh, you know because. <laughs> what I struggle with, with just painting that is, you know, do I need to not be so realistic and like pump up the contrast yeah. so you can see the guys a little bit? See that that's, that's where I fall uh, into a, uh, an issue as well, because I, we are trained, you know, we have been trained I, since 18 years of age, theoretically to hide shit, right. Blend in, yeah. you know? Yeah. And now we're kind of having to re you know, not reverse it, but go in a different direction where yes, we still want it to look authentic, but we want it to stand out so you can see it. And, yeah. you know, and that's counterintuitive to, in my, in my way of thinking that's counterintuitive. Uh, but you know, yeah, but you know, yeah, so. I, well, yeah, I'm very much in the, in the same boat as, you know, as it turns out, I can paint camouflage. Great. I do a really <laughs> good job at that. I'm really happy with what yeah. I do. The problem, the problem is, it's a really good camouflage job. And if we're, and if we're trying to show it on the table, you're like, uh, no, really, there's three dudes in that tree. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see them. <laughs> you know, so now, now I need to back off that a little bit and figure out how, you know, how can I pump up the contrast, but still keep it, you know, in, in that uh, camouflage uh, theme. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, you know, it, that, I'll know, just paint more dudes. I'll work it out. Just paint more dudes. Uh, but it also <laughs> leads to, you know, kind of it rolls right into the next topic. So to close out the painting thing, we'd like to hear from you guys what your preference in paints are and as to why. Um, like I said, I kind of lean more towards the Vallejo uh, area. Um, I Like I said, I have Scale 75 as well, and they're really nice uh, paints. They have heavy pigment. They're just – they tend to be a little bit more costly. Um than the Vallejos, um, but they are really nice paints as well. Uh, but for my general purpose, Vallejo really tends to cater towards the you know war um, the war gamer. Um, you know they have a lot of great military color sets. Uh, Germans, Americans, you know Russians. They they really have a yeah. good set. Uh, I find that the army painter sets are more generalists, if you will, um, and designed to try and be a paint for all. So, you know, they, you know, whether it's fantasy or sci-fi or, you know, some military, you could adapt it to. Um, 
But, you know, when if I'm looking for authentic paints outside of, like, MIG AK-47 paints, um, you, I, you know, you're looking at Vallejos, to be honest with you. They're probably the best, is my personal opinion. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so let's, let us know what you think. Uh, you know, what's your preference in paints? Uh, you know, what do you use them on? It, you know, that kind of helps. And that might help yeah. other people. Yeah, what's your paint? Yeah, uh, you know, what people just getting into painting and stuff and you know taking a quote from my uh friend dave taylor paint every day even if it's for a half hour paint every day and you'll be amazed at how well you become in painting um i need to follow his advice much better and you know it's i always complain well i don't get home until late from work and then by the time i eat and stuff i you know i've got an hour or two and then it's basically back to bed to wake up at five in the morning to go back to work so um you know, so even if I do the same thing, a half hour, paint up a little bit. And don't say, I got to finish this many tonight. I'm just going to paint for a half hour. When the half hour's up, that's all I've got. And, you know, continue on from there. And you'll you'll be amazed at how you develop your brush skills. So along with that, yeah, I, go ahead. I was going to say, with, you know, what I've told both myself and, you know, kind of the, what, I, what I've told others that have asked about it. And they're like, I'm just not where I want to be. And I'm like, it's all about mileage on the brush. Yep. <laughs> That's all it is. Yep. You know, I mean, start, paint your dude, you know, because if you don't do any painting, you're not going to improve. So you have to do it. And as you do it, you may not be a hundred percent satisfied, you know, and in your mind, you had this picture and in front of you on the hobby table, it doesn't match the picture in your mind. That's okay. One, you can still push your little dude around the table and play your game. That's the important part because we're gamers. Yeah, you know, it, and the longer, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And you know, may, maybe you keep those models as a reminder of, hey, this is how far I've come. And and I think that's a good idea, at least for some of them. I mean, if you've got a giant army and you want to do something with it, whatever. But you know, keep some of those beginning models just to you know, kind of think about, okay, this is how I started off. And then as you progress, you know, three years down the road, you're like. I can't believe I painted those dudes. They look like hot garbage. Guess what? You strip them, paint them again if that's really what you want to do. It's just plastic and metal. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's paint. Take it off. Strip it off and, and do it again if that's where your what your heart tells you to do. Yeah. Yep. So... And then it comes to uh, to tie into that. How about do you have a preference in paintbrushes? Uh, you know, a brand or a type of paintbrush. Um, I have. I really enjoy uh, Games and Gears paintbrushes. As Marty can attest to, I have one or two well, sets. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> as you should, because you've got like fourteen sets of them. Yeah. You know, and part of that is because you know we work conventions. Our good friend Sam, who's the owner of Games and Gears, you know is kind enough to give us a set here and there. Um, but they are yeah, really nice brushes. Yeah, very generous. Yes, and they are very yeah. good brushes. Um, he has, you know, synthetics. He's got, you know, uh, Kalinsky t uh, brushes. Um, so um, there's a quite quite a bit of variety into them. I like the metal handles. I like how they're, they're self-encasing, so you protect the bristles. Um Personally, they I like travel them. well. They travel well. I've heard some people who don't care for them for whatever reason. I don't really ask. It's uh, to me, it's personal preference. It's a tool, like any other tool. 
It's how well you use that tool, right? Yes, there are some cheap tools that will fall apart when you're using it, but if you use most tools properly the way they're designed, you will get pretty decent results. Um, so take care of your brushes. Clean yeah. them. Uh, protect the ferrules. Yeah. You know, don't let paint get down in there. I, I was guilty of it. I did not protect a few of my paintbrushes. I had to soak them in paintbrush cleaner and use an ultrasonic cleaner. I think I got most of the crap out of there. But I've been using my paintbrushes for four years, five years now, uh, most of my sets. So, um, you know, it may be time for new sets. I don't know. You know, it's always nice to have yeah. a new set of brushes. Uh, but I'd like to hear from yeah. you. You know, what kind of brushes you use? Do you, I know people who will order the cheap hobby ones from like Hobby Lobby or Michaels and use them till they, you know, fall apart and they'll get another set. And then I know people who will get the, uh, uh, the uh, what are those? The really expensive Win Windsor and Newton yes, or Windsor Rosemary? Yeah, so. the Windsor Newtons, Kalinskis. You know, they're like twelve dollars a brush or twenty dollars a brush. So, um, yeah. So and they use those. You know, again, I, it really comes down to yes, a good solid tool is much better. Like I prefer not a. This is not an endorsement. Dewalt tools over crappy tools you get from Walmart, right? Um, yeah. You know, there are things to be said for quality tools, but both of them will achieve the job. It's just a matter of how long they last. Yes. Um, Usually. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you're going to be a prolific painter, invest in a good set of brushes is my, my point. If you're just a hobby and you're going to do a little of this and a little of that, I don't think it honestly matters what. Yeah. Don't spend $30 on a, on a single brush. Right. If, if you, yeah, are just starting out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there, there are other no, hobby specific brushes that are. But I will tell you, as someone starting out, invest in a decent set. These yes. doesn't mean expensive, but don't go out and get the crappy hobby brushes from Walmart or Hobby Lobby. Get the better ones, or find you a decent set. Army Painter makes really good brushes, actually. Um, yeah, not... they do. Because I was going to mention that I have several of theirs. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, and I, you know, I've got a, I've got a uh, one of their starter sets of three yeah. uh, that I've had for two years, and they're still going strong. Again, take care of your brushes. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're still in great shape. You know the 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 one thing that I that I will say <laughs> about brushes is uh, I've actually stolen my daughter's makeup brushes to use as uh, dry brush. And that's where I was going to go with that because they make excellent dry brushes. They do. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And they come in all different sizes. So I went and hit up my oldest daughter uh, a while back. And I'm like, which one of your makeup brushes do you not use? And give them to me. So she gave me four or five of them. And I've got some that are big fat ones. And I've got some that are little tiny skinny ones that you can get into specific spots. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. It, it literally was kind of a game changer for me. Yeah. <laughs> so and it uh, cost me zero point zero dollars. You know what? And I again, I'm going to throw out Games and Gears as an idea because they have some nice sets that are not terribly expensive. Um, I'm trying to open their web page, yep, but right now the web page is not opening for me for whatever reason. Um, oh, they just promoted one of their Kalinsky brush sets, uh, four premium Kalinsky brush, sable brush sets, size zero to f quad zeros. Damn. 
and then they you have probably some don't need a you probably yeah. don't need a four zero to start off. Honestly, with. I would say get a uh, good synthetic brush set uh, that has a zero one and two and maybe a three. I use three a lot yeah. for washes. Um, but yeah, you know, get yourself a decent set, whether it's from even Citadel's paintbrushes aren't bad. Um, I've heard both sides. I don't own any. Um, I don't either. I can't speak to it. No, I think I've owned one. I, it's in a, one of my paint drawers somewhere. But, uh, you know, again, if you're beginning, don't buy cheap, cheap brushes. Buy a, a good, decent set, nothing crazily expensive, because uh, the cheap ones may not hold paint well until you learn how to paint, and it might frustrate you to the point where you don't want to paint. You don't want to do that. So, again, the one caveat on that, uh-huh. you know, uh, kind of like with our paint, is if you're painting terrain, don't use your good hobby brushes on those. <laughs> that's that's a good choice to go get the Walmart set for exactly. your terrain. Exactly. Yeah. And don't use good hobby brushes to dry a brush with. You will destroy them quicker than you can say snot. So, um, Yep. That's why, really, uh, makeup brushes are excellent for um, dry brushing. And they're excellent for weathering powders. So... Uh, you know, that's a tip there. All right, so let's uh, change gears a little bit. And I want to talk about the game that got away. Uh, oh. This is talking, you know, about, it made me think last night, you know, we're talking about different rules and different games people were mentioning uh, on the live stream last night. Is there one game you wish you have learned or tried but haven't? Uh huh. Yeah, there you go. Well, one there, yeah, I've the Expand upon it. Do you feel like you've been left behind or left out because you haven't played it or tried it? Yeah. Or, or did it go out of production yeah. and it's still a cool game, but you just can't get the, the rules? Right. So. You know, because I, I see that on uh, some of my webpage or uh, Facebook groups and whatnot you know people are like hey does anyone can anyone get a copy of fill in the blank rule set right you know so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna mention two one is historical and one is not uh historical um thankfully i was able to find a friend who gave me essentially the complete library he didn't give it to me i bought it from him but um force on force force on force is yeah published um have you guys looked on eBay, tried to pick up a copy of the main rule book? If you want oh to talk about goodness. $250 for a rule book. There's a dude that's listing it for 1000 bucks. Shut up. Yeah. Jeez, I wonder if I could make my money back plus some for uh, a complete library. Um, yeah, well, no, that, that's not the complete library. Yeah, I know. It's just the rule book. <laughs> I mean, that's how crazy yeah. force on force prices are. And you can still, I think you can still get all the PDFs. Um, but you know what? For somebody like me, I enjoy holding a rule book in my hand. Um, so, and, you know, rumor has it is that the people who created force on for force have no desire to continue uh, doing anything with it, you know. So. Well, I, I, I would not say it that way because um, uh, uh, the, the the guy from Ambush Alley Games that uh-huh. wrote it, so he published a uh, a post on their their blog and on their Facebook page back in January, 
and he got a new job and he's got, he's got obligations that, you know, go along with that and whatnot. And he said, look, I just, I, I love it, but I can't, I can't dedicate my time to the game anymore. So I'm not going to BS you guys into, Hey, there'll be something out later. He says, I don't know when, if ever. He says, so as of right now, we're not, we're not publishing anything else. Gotcha. You know, this is, you know, what, whatever exists is what's going to exist. And, you know, who knows what the future holds, but you know, he made, he made no bones about, you know, I'm, you know, don't, don't look for something uh, down the road because I don't know what the future holds and I've got to focus on this stuff right now. There you so, go. you know, um, you know, I don't think it's like, he's like, burned out on it and just said, ah, oh, the hell with it. I'm done doing this. Yeah. Uh, but he's got other priorities. You know, he's yeah. got to pay him and whatnot. So I get it. Yep. Nope. Understandable. So, uh, force on force is one for me, uh, on the historical side. And then on the non-historical side, and this is going to send a million people into seizures right now. 40 K. I've never played 40 K. I own the eighth edition rule books. I own several starter sets that are, <laughs> go figure are still in the box. Not assembled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about that last night. Yeah. Um, I, my brother is, was, I don't know if he still is, but at one point he was huge in a 40 K. Um, you know, uh, he had all kinds of armies for 40 K that he used to have game days at his house and I remember going over there once to watch. Um, I wasn't really going to play. My sons play 40K, or they did. They really liked 40K. My brother got them into playing 40K. And um, I was watching them, and it took them hours just to set up. You know, and I thought historical gamers were bad with setup and stuff, you know. But it's like 40K, it took them, you know, they had to do this, and they got to do this. And, you know, and I, there's probably people out there going, well, it really doesn't take that long and, you know, whatever. But um, I kind of feel, I don't know about you, Marty, but I kind of feel left out because it's so popular and everybody, quote unquote, everybody plays it that, you know, in, you know, like when we go to Adepticon and stuff, you know, you feel like, oh, what am I missing? Yeah, half the convention is, yeah, yeah you know, half like, the convention is, is am, 40K. Am I missing out on something awesome? And I'll be honest with you, uh, last time I was at UK Games Expo is right when 8th edition released. And, you know, I was there hanging out with the GW guys and they're, and we did a demo video with Justin on how to play 8th edition. And it really got me into play, you know, wanting to play. And that's when I bought the starter set then. And um, I just haven't been able to pull the trigger, to be honest with you. Uh, because yeah, well. and here's why. It's not because the models put me off or even the rules put me off because I've never played it. So I have no basis to say 8th edition is better or worse than any other edition. What has turned me off from playing it is a couple things. One is kind of the attitude of some of the people who are big GW players. You know, they're not very warm and welcoming. Well, there's. And, I think that community has a fair amount of power gamers. Right. Uh, Especially along, you know, in the tournament scene, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the other side of that is um, people in forums and stuff bashing the rules here, there. You know, the eighth edition sucked. Third edition was the best. You know, and it just keeps going. And then it's like, why invest the time and money if people are so unhappy playing this game, right? 
So, but you know, it's 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 a toss up because you see so many people playing it, but then you see all these comments of people bashing it. So it's like, uh, maybe it's not as all it's cracked up to be. So, um, you know. Well, one of the other things, you know, and and maybe it's just the evolution of, of games, or really, I think it's just GW's marketing in my mind. But uh, you know, they keep releasing new editions. Along with those new editions, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes with the game. So you've yeah. got the rules, and you've got codexes, and all this other crap that I don't know or understand. But I mean, you know. Buying one of their books, you're dropping 50 bucks. Yep. And, you know, they come out with a new edition, and it turns out just for you to play your little dude, you have to buy three more books. That's just to play your guys. Now, you don't know what's in the other guy's codex because he's got a different faction, and, you know, he has to go pay his 50 bucks to go get a book to, to learn how his guys work now. Uh, are you going to buy that just so you can play them and know what the rules are? Exactly. Probably not. You know, and I think that turns uh, a lot of people off because they made the investment uh, initially and then GW keeps changing it. <laughs> as well as I'm sure that there's people that just prefer particular versions of the game, as you were saying. They're like, no, I like it back when we could do this or whatever. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I get the game over time should should evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, I I don't have a big beef with that, but it is it's such a such an investment to keep up with it just on the rule set side, you know. But they do have some really good lore if you're into that. I mean, and I think that's what draws a lot of people in initially, as yeah. well as the the models are really nice. I mean, <laughs> they're expensive as hell in my mind, but. They are really nice models. Yeah. I mean, they they do a good job at that. I, I definitely cannot uh, say anything bad about their models. You may not like a particular style or not, but the the quality of them and the details and whatnot they're they're very nice models. They are. They they are. I definitely agree on that point. So very cool. What about you, Marty? Games I've missed out on. I don't. Whew, I don't know. Is there something that I really want? So a game that I haven't gotten yet that I that I really want to play uh-huh. uh, is uh, Gunslinger's Paradise from okay. God's Eye Games. Joe yeah. Beltry. I That's a western. Uh, I I I'm I'm really intrigued by the uh, uh, his system of gameplay with it kind of being. Uh, Got a little bit of a poker aspect in, into it as mm-hmm. well, so uh, I, that's one that I really want to try that I haven't uh, haven't gotten yet. You know, but realistically, I have I don't know I don't have the collection that you guys have. I have a dozen or fifteen rule sets for primarily for modern. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just want to play my games. <laughs> I just want to play what I got. Right. <laughs> You know, COVID. It's been a long year. We haven't been able to do a whole lot. I just, I just want to push my little dudes around the table. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Have you played that's, Dear, that's, uh, Zero Dark? What is it? What is that game you just got from? Is it Dark Zero Thirty Thirty Dark? Uh, is that one? The Delta One Zero. Delta One Zero. Yeah. yeah. So I, 
so I've got that for Christmas. I've only played it solo so far, uh-huh. and and I enjoy it. I mean, one of the things I really like about that game is you know it comes in a box, mm-hmm. and you get everything to to start playing in that box. You know, so you crack the box open, you got some rules, you got a team of good guys to play. Well, I suppose it's good or bad is <laughs> based on your perspective, but you've got two teams of, of figures that you can uh, paint up and. Uh, it comes with uh, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, cardboard uh, uh, containers, like little connexes that you can cut out, put together for terrain. Yeah. And you can literally just start playing with that because that's what all, the first five uh, learn-to-play missions, that's all they use for terrain, just that stuff. And then after that, I think it would really lend itself to like a wicked industrial board, which is somewhere on my you in the future just because i haven't done one yet and you can play it in a small space you can play it on a two by two and it still makes sense you know so uh uh i enjoy that yeah i'd like to you know have somebody else play the other guys but as it turns out i'm really good at killing one side or the other (laughs) anyway (laughs) turns you know that the game gets played (laughs) Let's put it that way. Yeah. So yeah, I've played uh, since Christmas. I've probably played, I don't know, a half dozen or eight games of that. You know, because I went through the the learn to play missions, and then I played a, a couple uh, beyond that. It, and and if it's something that interests folks, here's the best part: you can go to their website, you can download the rules for free. You, you can see how to play the game and go, okay, I, I guess this is in my wheelhouse, or you know, that's not my flavor. Yeah. You know but, what? We should do an uh, unboxing you know, of that game. Yeah. Well, you know, it it's totally unboxed, painted, and assembled. But <laughs> that's fine. You can show what still comes in the box, and then we can do a, a let's play. You know, we should do yeah, a let's play. I, I think we, I think we should, and yeah. I think the guys from Bonza Game would love that. Yeah, he reached out to me. He'd like to come on the podcast at some point. So it's just a matter of yeah. coordinating because you know they're in Australia, so yeah, the whole time and thing. actually. So they're they're in Brisbane at BrizCon this weekend, actually demoing and playing their game, and you know probably selling a bunch of them. I hope, good, you know, for them. But uh, yeah, they're 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 starting uh, to come out of their COVID situation and be able to do some stuff finally. So they're getting out a little more. Yeah. But yeah, we yeah we should ha- we should have the boys uh, from from Bonza on sometime. Today would have been a great day for that, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, yeah, they they're based out of Australia. Uh now there are uh there is uh US distributors uh and UK distributors if folks are concerned about hey, I got to get a game shipped from Australia. You you don't. You you can find uh distributors in US and Europe. Yeah make shipping a little faster and easier. But yeah, good game. I enjoy it. Excellent. It's got a, it's got a neat little order system that I, which is really why I want to play it with someone else because I already know the orders that I've issued my guys. Yeah. You know, so it, it can be hard playing solo when you're playing both sides and you already know what both sides are doing. You know, so I, I try to be objective about if I was this team and I was in this situation, what would I do? I set my orders. I go to the other side of the table. I'm this other team now. I see this situation. This is where I'm at. 
what would I do? But it, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, like I said, it's kind of hard to be objective when, you know, you're issuing both sets of orders. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get that on the table. I was just looking at the messages and uh, have been talking to Greg from uh, Bonza Games. And I, actually, he's reached out since January. We need to get hooked up with them and get them on the show. Most definitely. Yeah. Full show. So, so I wanted to switch gears one more time. Uh, this will be our final topic for today. I know it's a pretty low-key show today, but, you know, Marty and I are kind of worn out from last night, you know. Yeah, right? <laughs> but um, conventions. Let's talk conventions. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm, we're hoping that we start seeing conventions pick back up. Um, as of right now, we're going to be at Little Wars in two weeks. So the next time you so hear our voices on the podcast – we will be streaming live from the floor of Little Wars. So uh, explain to the people what Little Wars is because it's not Little Wars TV, folks. Right. Yeah, we had a few people confused with that. Little Wars is the Historical Miniature Game Society Midwest Convention here in Lombard, Illinois. Um, so it's yeah, a little the, uh, weekend convention. Um, this year it's a little bit reduced because of the COVID restrictions. Um, but it is going to happen. Uh, we are going to have a presence there. We're going to have our own booth, and we're going to be uh, doing some live streaming, showing off uh, tables and things like that, interviews, right. and you know we're going to do some interviews and things like that. And um, Warlord Games is going to be there. Warlord Games is one. Mantic's going to be there, and some other little distributors and manufacturers. Um, so, you know, we'll definitely uh, catch up with those and we'll show off some game tables and things like that. So it's going to be a little, I, I hate to say it, a little lower key than it normally is just because of the situation. Um, but we'll be broadcasting from there. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like our test run for the new crew. I call them the new crew because yep. they have not been really with me convention-wise in the past um, to, you know, smooth things out and see how it goes. So with yeah, conventions, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be pretty, you know, a pretty good time uh, with conventions. You know, one, it's a couple of multi-part question. One, what is your favorite convention? Two, how many conventions are you guys going to hit up when things open up? You know, are you going to be like, I'm going to everything because I've missed out in the last two years, you know, because Adepticon has been canceled twice. Uh, they canceled Gen Con last year. They've moved Gen Con to November or something like that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's late in the year. Yeah. I can't remember when uh, exactly. Historicon has been moved late in the year. Uh, it's in, yeah, but they're know, going. It's so going. I don't know about Origins. I haven't heard anything about Origins. Uh, I think they are still scheduled to go. Are they? Okay. Last I heard, yeah. So, to lead off the conversation, I'm going to give you my list of conventions. My favorite miniatures-based convention is Adepticon. Um, Hands down. It is all, I don't want to say 99% of it is miniatures based. They've opened up a little board gaming, but 99% of it's miniatures based. Now it's not all historical. A lot of it is uh, 40K. A lot of it's 40K. But they've had uh, Star Wars, uh, Destiny, well, they had card games. Uh, they had Star Wars Legion tournament. They've had X Wing tournaments. They had national qualifiers. 
uh, for X-Wing, uh, Armada. Um, they have just anything that's you could play with a miniature, you can play at Adepticon. It, Infinity, uh, Malifaux. Um, they also have a, a ton of seminars and classes yes. you can go to. Yes. And Nash, and I mean, world-renowned people coming in to you know show you how to slap some paint on your on your miniatures or yes. how to sculpt or uh, there's uh, game design for if you're you know you want to make your own game there's some dudes that will will talk to you about how they went through the process and you know kind of give you some info on that yep. there's a ton of stuff there yeah so i mean and if you're I, looking for miniatures based gaming and we're talking not only shopping but gaming yeah, the vendor hall is awesome, too. Yeah, um, definitely do Adepticon. Uh, it's easy to get to. Uh, literally, you can fly into Chicago O'Hare Airport, and the convention center is 15 minutes down the road from the airport. And and if you're staying at the hotel, they'll pick you up from the airport. Yeah. Now, for you guys who might have a tight budget, you can still go to Adepticon. You don't have to stay at the hotel there. Because it's rather expensive, especially during convention time. Kind of pricey, yep. If you have somebody who has a car, a rental car, or if you want to Uber it, because there'll be a ton of Ubers uh, or other ride shares, you can stay at some of the hotels further out from the convention center and save yourself a ton of money. Um, I mean, drastic amounts of money. And so... You know, if you're one of those people and, uh, you know, you come into the convention center, you hang out, they have food there. It's a really nice facility. Really nice. It is. Yep. And you can game and, you know, all that good stuff to your heart's content. So if you're looking for pure miniature wargaming, Adepticon. Now, there's some other ones. There's like LVO and some of these other ones. But honestly, I think Adepticon has done it right. Um you know, they've been doing it quite a while now, I think 20-something years. Um, so, yes, definitely that. The yeah, best... and uh, I was going to say, uh, I was going to punch, punch in right quick. Uh, Origins uh, has, 2021 has been scheduled for September 30th through October 3rd. Okay, so everything's being pushed off to the fall. Yep. Okay. So, the best one-day miniatures-based shopping experience, hands down, has to be Salute. It amazes me what happens in a 24-hour period at the Excel Center in London. Um, we have covered it several years uh, with Beast of War. Um, and, you know, they the, the um, vendors come in, Late afternoon on Friday, set up. They're, they're only allowed there till like 7 or o'clock or so. And they set up their booths. And then uh, the next morning, they finish whatever. And the doors open, I think, at 10 o'clock. And then it ends at 5. <laughs> yeah. you know, And they jam a lot of stuff in there. And then they have to tear down and be out of there by like 7, 7.30. Some, you know, they only have a couple hours to tear down and get out. They waste no time there at the Excel Center. So it literally is a mass shopping day for wargaming. Um, they do have some participation tables or demo tables, but 99% of it is all about shopping. You go in there, you get to see, you know, the more popular manufacturers, producers, and then there's a whole bunch of independents. And so it's really those independents that, that shine on this day. 
because you'll get to see some stuff that, um, you know, you may never have heard of that you find out about and really like. The models are beautiful, game's awesome, whatever the case might be, and you go from there. A lot of people who are going to go to Kickstarter will have a little the booth and they'll demo their game to get people interested in Kickstarter. That's how we met Gaz. Uh, Gaz was part of a company that produced Mythos, the game, um, back in the day. And we met them before they went to Kickstarter. So, um, I've, you know, that's how long we've known Gaz. So, um, yeah, salute. No, hands down. If you ever get a chance to travel to London for salute, I highly recommend it. It is an amazing time. Amazing time. Uh, let's see. The next one, um, I'm going to go with generalized gaming convention. There are two. The question is, which one's better? And I'm going to shock a lot of people and say UK Games Expo over Gen Con. And here's why. I think UK Games Expo hasn't gotten to the point where it's so big, it's annoying. And, and what I mean is that when you go to Gen Con... There are times where there are so many people packed in. It's it's a struggle to move. It's a struggle to film when you know for us we're filming. Um, they don't have the best. They have one room dedicated to media, and they have just some chairs there, and they have some Wi-Fi there you can use. And it's not the best Wi-Fi. I mean, it's 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 reliable, but it's not like fast or anything. And so, like, the last year that uh, we covered it, so a couple of years ago now, and when we had Justin and uh, Ben with us, um, we literally went upstairs to an off area that has a sitting area, and we, we staked out our own spot for the day. You know, we brought in our own chairs, we brought in our own little table, and we set up our computers, and then our camera crews would run back and forth to displays, games, whatever. UK Games Expo is a lot more hospitable towards that uh, to the press, uh, the media, you know, people, you know, as long as you arrange ahead of time. And I think while it's not as big as Gen Con, it is definitely one that's giving Gen Con a run for its money in UK. You know, um, I think Gen Con is huge. It, it's an amazing experience. You have to go if you've never been. Um, but I think sometimes things just get a little too crazy. It gets a little too crowded. UK Games Expo, there's still a lot of, um, it seems less pressure, if you will. Um, I like them both, but I feel more relaxed, if that makes any sense, at UK versus Gen Con. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to, to, to um, hopefully getting to see UK again eventually in the future. Well, I don't know, you know, time, only time will tell. And depending on what relationships we have and built and things like that. So, uh, Historicon, yeah. we haven't been to yet, or at least I haven't been to, I know Jim went uh, a couple of years back with beast of war, but we haven't gone as sit rep. So we'll have to see, you know, it's, it's on the list for this year. Um, so we'll definitely have to see how that works out. So I'm yeah. looking and, and there, conventions. Yeah. And Historicon is, is way at the end of the year. They're November 10th through 14th. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So Origins, for anybody who's not familiar with the convention scene, Origins, the reason um, it's called Origins is basically that's where you go to show off your product for initial releases. 
you know, new stuff that's it, it, it was revealed at Origins, and then it was fine-tuned to the masses of Gen Con. Um, so, hence the word Origins. Um, I have never been to Origins. It's never been a draw for me because there's been Gen Con. You know, I had Adepticon, which you would see a lot of releases for miniature-based games, and then you had Gen Con, which, you know, um, they would do a lot of releases for, you know, board games and t card games and those kind of games. So Origins has never been one that really has struck up for me. There's a lot of people that go. Yeah. Um, but now, or Origins is, uh, is Gamma's show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, again, so that, you know, that's, they have a lot of initial releases there is because it's Gamma. So, yeah, you know, saying. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's literally an industry. Yeah, it's an industry. Show. It thing. really is an industry show, whereas Gen Con obviously has a huge industry presence. But there's a lot of people that just go there to play. They literally go there to play any game under the sun you can find. They play the My Pretty Pony card game. For the love of God, the My Pretty <laughs> Pony card game. Takes all kinds, right? Okay. And there's the My Pretty Pony uh, uh, RPG, you know. Okay, now it's getting weird. <laughs> so, you know, if you can think of it, it's played at Gen Con. Um, you know, so depending on your your flavors, if you're a purist when it comes to miniatures, highly recommend going to um, Adepticon, most definitely. LVL sure. would probably yeah. be a second on that. If you're looking purely historical, obviously Historicon. Um, but Historicon is not just miniatures based. It's anything historical. So you can play a lot of miniatures games. There's going to be a lot of, you know, historical board games, hex encounter games, those kind of games. So, yeah. And, you know, and I, I don't know. So like, uh, like little wars and, uh, autumn wars mm -hmm. are the two, gaming conventions that our local uh, Midwest uh, uh, chapter of the Historical Managers Wargaming Society. Uh, I don't know that if the all the other chapters throughout the U.S. do similar things. So there may be a local one near you yeah. if you are U.S.-based yeah. uh, that is uh, similar in nature. So, you know, you can get your historical game on uh, with your, your local chapter, perhaps. Most definitely. And guys, put those in the comments below. You know, if you have a local convention, you think that's awesome that you would really like to see people attend, um, make sure you put it in the comments and let us know, you know, so we can spread the word. Um, we're going to try on our Discord page uh, to put up a convention page, you know, so you can post stuff in there about conventions and, you know, other gaming weekends or, you know, special events related to gaming. So, yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Um, right. Speaking so, of our uh, of our of Discord, uh, as Jim dropped on us last night, they've they've opened up a new page on uh, Discord for uh, uh, battle reports yeah. and game reviews and such. Yeah, so, exactly. as, as Jim said, he doesn't want to be the only one posting <laughs> stuff to it. So we'll we'll have to throw some stuff on there. Uh, exactly. You know, uh, you know, battle space is low hanging fruit for me because I love playing it, and mm -hmm. I'm happy to share that. You know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, we were just talking about uh, uh, Delta One Zero, so that that might be uh, a thing to throw on there in the not-too-distant future as well. Yep. So. Very cool. So, yeah. um, awesome. I think that's the show, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's an hour 18. Yeah. 
not bad for us. No, I think that's the show. I feel like we're forgetting something. Uh, did we talk about merchandise? No, we didn't talk about merchandise. But before we talk about merchandise, there's one very important thing we forgot. We have to announce a winner. <gasps> oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> yes. We absolutely have to do that. That That's a thing we've been promoting for two weeks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Our race to 500 has, uh, has, uh, been achieved. It has. So, you know, so yeah, so uh, we uh, several months ago now have promoted a contest. When we hit 500 people or subscribers on our YouTube channel, we would have a contest and we draw a name for a winner, and that winner would get their choice of a starter set of either Spectre, uh, Victory at Sea, or uh, North Hag. They get a fifty dollar gift card uh, to help with hobbying, a sit rep uh, Sergeant sit rep miniature, and a T shirt. So uh, YouTube, yeah. YouTube hit 500 first, so we're doing the YouTube side first. So um, this morning, I drew a name from our subscriber list, and um, I am very happy to announce that Shane Moore, that's Shane Moore, has won the Race to 500 for YouTube. Woo-hoo. All right. So congratulations, congratulations to Shane. Shane. Yeah. So good job, buddy. And to be fair, I want everybody to know I, um, you know, it was picked off our subscriber list, and then I looked at uh, some most recent comments, and if you were prolific, I gave you an extra entry. Um, so you know, it increased your chances. So um, a little bit extra work on my end, but you know, that's how we did it to and you know reward those who are followers. Um, so Shane, congratulations! You won the prize pack for Race to Five Hundred on YouTube. Um, we'll be uh, waiting to hear from you. If you could uh, email us or hit us up on the Facebook page, uh, email is sitrep.podcast at gmail dot com, and so we can verify it's you. Um, I don't know if I can message you via YouTube. I will see if I can, but if you're listening to this, please uh, reach out to us, and we'll start making the arrangements because I'll need to get your T-shirt size and all that good stuff so we can send you your prize pack. So congratulations. Absolutely. Yeah. Good job. So that's awesome. So, again, guys, Facebook, we're at 481. We are creeping Yeah, along, I was going to so. say, let's see what we're at right here. Yes. No, we're at 485. What? It's gone up. I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled it up. 485. Wow. When I looked at it this morning, we're at 481. It's fantastic. Ooh, see, look, we're, we're lurching forward. Yep. It must it must have been from that awesome performance last night. <laughs> <laughs> must have been. <laughs> so congratulations, Shane. Um, so we're going to close out the show with what Marty alluded to, uh, merch. Um, Marty showed off the new hats last night on the live stream. Um, Exclusives. Yeah, the exclusive crew. hat. But it has the crew, crew only. <laughs> crew only. Uh, it's it's uh, a beautifully embroidered hat, uh, adjustable back. Um, it says "Sit Rep Podcast." Very just plain and simple. It looks really sharp. And on the back, yeah, like the block letters on our logo. So I say we make the. The logo on the back, a limited edition. 
let's say we limit it to 50, 25. What do you think? Uh, yeah, something like that. 25. 25. 25. All right. So we're limiting the limited edition, which on the back has a Blackhawk silhouette, um, to 25. So um, I'll post the picture of it. Yeah. So if you missed it you, last you, night, we'll post it, pictures. So limited edition. Say you, could, you could look on last night's video and see it. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture. So once 25 are sold, that's it. Um, and then the other one will be, uh, the standard one will be the same hat, but it'll have the A-10 on the back uh, instead of a Blackhawk. Um, and honestly, there's not going to be much difference in price, if at all. It's just that we're going to do a limited run of the Blackhawk, and then there will be the uh, A-10s. So, and the, and the, the Blackhawk looks sharp as hell, I'm going to be honest with you. It looks sharp as hell. It, yeah, it turned out very nice. Yeah. Very, very, very pleased with uh, uh, how that uh, turned out. Yeah. So if you're looking for a really sharp hat, um, you know that's not screaming wargaming geekish. Does that is that even a term? I mean, not that I think people probably. Care, but I mean, if you're looking for just for a good all around stylish hat, take a look at this hat. It's pretty cool. Um, also, uh, t-shirts. So um, my press is arriving today. I've been told so. Hopefully, I can start testing out some T-shirts this afternoon once I get everything set up and everything done um, because I need to get T-shirts printed up for the the uh, Little Wars convention. So uh, we're gonna. I have one set of T-shirts, the, the SITREP podcast logo T-shirts. They're the ones I'm working on first. After I get that run done, um, we'll work on the other two I talked about the other night in the live stream. One of them is the... Uh, you know, quote unquote, say toy soldier one more time with an angry A10 or something like that on it. <laughs> and uh, the other one is the one that says, you know, the text is when you roll a fumble and there's two, you know, army dudes on the front of the shirt and one has little words coming out saying oops. And then you see him drop a grenade onto the ground right in f between him and his buddy. And his buddy looks at him and says, dude, you know, dude. So, uh, those will be the first few T-shirts coming out. Um, our bags are on their way from Annie. She messaged me today and let me know that they're going out this week. So hopefully we'll have a convention time. I uh, sure hope yeah, so. Yeah, super excited to see how those turned out. Yeah, so uh, we're going to set up our own website store, uh, website, you know, where you can order direct from us. This will decrease the cost to you guys. Uh, it gives you a little bit more, you know, it gives us better control over the product and, um, you know, we can work on different things and, uh, we're coming up with some distribution channels, uh, depending on which side of the ocean you're on, uh, that hopefully yeah, will make things easier as well. Yeah. We hope to have a UK slash European distributor, uh, and then a North American one as well. Yeah. So that way, you know, the folks in, in the U.S. don't have to worry about shipping coming over from the U.K. And the folks in the U.K. and Europe don't have to worry about us trying to ship something from here to there. Exactly. And keep the cost down and it'll be a little faster and all that good stuff. Exactly. And if you are a graphic artist type person and you have a good idea for a wargaming themed T-shirt or design, uh, hit us up at sitrep.podcast at gmail.com and let us know because if we decide to use it, you will get a commission on every shirt sold with that design. So we'll pay you an initial artist fee 
um, and uh, a commission um, on each shirt that's sold with your design. So, um, you know, because we're looking for some really good stuff out there that's eye-catching and people would be really interested in, in um, getting. But it has to be historically military-based. Let's just put that out there, okay? Um, so, yeah, it has to be with the theme of, of, of the podcast. podcast. Yep. All right, guys. Marty, any final thoughts before we close out the show? Don't accuse me of thinking. All right. Well, with that in mind, everybody out there, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow, hit the bells, all that good notification stuff. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones about us, and let's keep those numbers climbing because I tell you, when we hit a 1,000, it's going to blow your mind. So, guys, thank you very much. This is Bill for the Sit Rep Podcast, for Marty as well. Have a great couple weeks, and we will see you live from Little Wars. You have been listening to the Citrep Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Remember to join us every other weekend for a new episode of the podcast. And don't forget our other programming on Wednesdays and Sundays. Thanks for listening. 